0: Well, welcome to our continuing Bible study in the book of Luke, and we're in chapter 19, and we're beginning in verse 11 today, down through verse 27 in a parable, uh, one of the last few parables that we'll be looking at in this gospel. And, and um, just to, by way of review, the last time we were together, we were uh, uh, in that chapter about uh, uh, Jesus entering and passing through Jericho and meeting with that divine appointment with uh, Zacchaeus appointment in Jericho we call that and in uh, uh, his dealings with Zacchaeus and, and he says today salvation is come to thy house what a wonderful uh, blessing for that uh, hated publican there and one of the the many publicans that Jesus dealt with, and you know, I think there was um, there's six separate times publicans are mentioned in the book of Luke, and so he's uh, kind of departing Jericho, and I was interested in looking at some uh, archaeological stuff in preparation for this, and uh, there there was actually two sections of Jericho. There was a residential section that were the Old Testament. Jericho was and then there was a new uh, municipal part of Jericho that was a part that uh, was uh, built by the Hasmoneans and by Herod uh, the, the great had his uh, temp, his uh, palace there and his son Archelaus would uh, be there too so uh, and as Jesus passed through that they were about a mile and a half apart they were, the two areas were separated by a little agricultural plot in the middle and and so they they would ha- you would go from the residential area to the the, uh, the municipal area, and then that would be where the road departed to go to Jerusalem. And that's kind of where we find ourselves today. And and uh, by way of remembrance, in the the close of our last lesson, uh, uh, in verse uh, nine and ten of Luke chapter nineteen. Jesus said unto him, unto Zacchaeus, this day of salvation, come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham, not just physically, but spiritually as well. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Such an important statement there, the purpose. And and so many, and even today we find the same thing is true. So many have this false notion of what the purpose of God is what the purpose of Christ is and and they had these different ideas about why he was there and what he would accomplish and so he puts this stark reminder there the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost so important underline that highlight it or whatever but uh, so important and in so in today's lesson verse 11 and as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. As a crow flies 14 miles from Jericho to Jerusalem. And they they say a, a person in good health could walk that in a long day uh, if they we're so inclined and we'll look at that a little bit later <clears throat> but he he spake this he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of god should immediately appear he said therefore a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return and he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them occupy till i come uh, that be the the name of our message today is a, a two parter actually that I think will have uh, this in divided into two sections, but occupy till I come uh, his but his citizens hated him, and sent a message after him, saying, "We will not have this man to reign over us and it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. And then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up, thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. And he said unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore... Then us not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have re- required mine own with usury? And he said unto him, that st- or unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. And he says, For I say unto you that unto everyone which shall be given, from him that hath not even that which... He hath shall be taken away from him. But those my enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring th- hither and slay them before before me. Uh, quite an interesting uh, block of scripture here. Just so many fascinating things that we find here, and uh, endless commentaries about what the pa- what the pound is worth, and it's called minas in some of the translations. It's called the ten minas and. And on and on. And and, uh, so uh, we'll try to get to the the basics, which is the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's what this is all about. (laughs) It's not about a bunch of other stuff. So so as we look at this, they heard these things. Uh, And this parable, it says he gets two reasons why he gave the parable. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because, one reason, they were nigh to Jerusalem. And it doesn't say exactly where they were on this uh, road to Jer- from Jericho to Jerusalem, 14 miles between the two cities, but it's like straight up. Uh, Jericho is 800 feet below sea level. 800 feet below sea level and the Mount of Olives, the elevation of the Mount of Olives is 2,642 feet. So it's almost three quarters of a mile in change of elevation in 14 miles. Now when when we lived in Alaska, the sea level of Fairbanks where we lived was 435 feet. And it was uh, 735 miles to the Bering Sea, <laughs> so we had about two feet of elevation drop uh, over that. And so by river miles, it's like a thousand miles because the rivers there's just there's no drop in elevation. They just kind of wander all over the place like a snake. But here we have almost we have about 4,000 feet of change in elevation just going from Jericho up to the, the Mount of Olives. That's a steep climb. It's a I have some pictures of it here. I'll share in the, some graphic stuff here in a minute. Uh, <clears throat> but that was one reason. They were nigh to Jerusalem, 14 miles somewhere along that way. And because they thought the kingdom of God should immediately appear. And so we have these two reasons. And, and it's important this, he, this word added. They, and as they heard these things, which was the Son of Man has come to seek that which uh, to seek and to save that which was lost, he added these two things. And because they thought they, they were near to Jerusalem and they thought the kingdom of God should immediately appear. It's it's so interesting that people have these notions about Christ and and oh he's just a good moral teacher and And when he comes back, all these things are going to happen. Uh, You know, soon Norman will be uh, getting to Zechariah 14.4. It says, in that day, his feet will be on the Mount of Olives. And he's 14 miles from there. And this is not the first time he came to Jerusalem, of course, but it's the last time. And so he's added these two things and his true purpose in his mission to seek his lost sheep when Zacchaeus being one of them, uh, which was lost. And he's not come to restore morality, fix injustice or political ideals. He was come to seek and to save those whom the Father had given him in the covenant of grace, and to lay down his life, a ransom for them, thereby saving them by the substitution of his own self there on, on the cross in their behalf, to be their atonement. And and that's on his mind. His his mind. He's, his face is fixed like a flint going to Jerusalem. And he knows that this is the time. He knows that this is the, the final few steps and that's what's on his heart that's what's on his mind that's why it's so important when we think he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus and he called him by name he says I know my sheep he calleth them all by name I call them and they follow me and Zacchaeus can you imagine the relief the I don't know if many many of you remember back to when the Lord revealed himself to you in salvation that what a relief it was what a how wonderful it was. And for Zacchaeus, who had no friends except other publicans and sinners, people were, wouldn't have anything to do with him. How wonderful it must have been to have the, the Savior look up and call your name and say, today salvation has come to, you, to your house. That's how great that is. And so the one of the reasons that we have this parable was that this truth was entirely opposite of what the people and even the disciples believed. They thought, he's just coming to be our physical king and he's going to throw off the Roman yoke. And in Acts uh, chapter 1 uh, it's written uh, when he appeared to them, Wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom unto Israel? That's what they thought even after the resurrection is so their mind was in a different place and their idea of Christ was a different idea and and he's trying to bring to them the the true spiritual nature of, of everything and, and I've come to seek and to save that which was lost and this stuff's all going away this stuff's all worthless this stuff's no good uh, and uh, so yet the they they just like today they look at Jesus for so many wrong reasons and, and and they have such a wrong impression about him and why why he came and and why how he's doing things and and one of the things that's nice about this this lesson today and we'll we'll look at it a little bit is it kind of brings together so many things about the the manifold wisdom of God and His. His infinite grace and and his providence and his sovereignty, and how he brings all things together to accomplish his purpose, and we find all the all the ones that are connected here uh, are are according to his determinate counsel and and will <clears throat> so uh, so he added and spake a parable and <clears throat> They, because they, they thought the kingdom of God should immediately appear. That's a very interesting word, and I, when I was researching that a little bit, it turns out to be kind of a nautical term. And when you're at sea, the earth is curved, of course, and, and you can only see so far. But when you come in, as you're coming over the horizon and you're coming into a port, your port appears. On the horizon, and you can you can finally see it, and you can say there's the lighthouse there's the there's home and so that's kind of what that that word appear means it's uh, in Vine's expository dictionary, it says it was probably a nautical term which has the meaning of to come into view as sailors would view their port on the horizon of view as they sailed in and <clears throat> and so they had left. Jericho at 800 feet below sea level, and, and and they're going up this steep ascent to end up in, in Jerusalem. And uh, I have a kind of a graphic here. You see that, Dominic? Probably can't read it because it's backwards, but... <laughs> but it shows uh, uh, Jericho down here and then this is kind of the, the cutaway view of, of uh, going up to Mount of Olives and then down into Jerusalem so you can kind of pass that around if if you want <laughs> I thought, you know, the disciples—they must have felt that same way as they—they're climbing up this long hill, and they get up to the top of the Mount of Olives, and you can see down into the Kidron Valley from there. You can see down into Jerusalem, and and say, the, there's there's the goal here. And and their mind was, Jesus is going to go down in there and be king, and and throw off the Romans, and and so they must have felt kind of that, that, that much the same way. <clears throat> and surely, Jesus would make himself known as the Messiah, the King, and 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 in their view, restore the kingdom again to Israel. Um, I have this picture of that road. the land of milk and honey <clears throat> you know they just they just didn't know as yet that the kingdom of god was among them Amen. in the person of christ Amen. even in them as the scripture says and he had a far different purpose of grace than they could imagine. It Was so much more than they could even think or believe, and you know they would have, as they got up to the top of this road, they would have turned off just a little bit. And there's so many interesting things happen on this road. Uh, this is the this same road is where uh, the Good Samaritan found the one that was robbed <laughs> beat up and left for dead and uh, they would have turned off to go to it was you turn off right at the before you get to Jerusalem go into Bethany where Lazarus was raised from the dead and Beth Foggy is right adjacent to that and that's where we'll find the triumphal entry uh, starts out where they, they left Beth Foggy and and on the colt and went over the Mount of Olives and down into Jerusalem in the triumphal entry. So so many interesting things happen on this, this road. And, and <clears throat> uh, I have kind of a drone picture of the Mount, from the Mount of Olives looking down into the Kidron Valley and then, and then at uh, the approach there to Jerusalem. If you have uh, Google Earth on your computers, it's interesting to look that over and 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 ju- just see. But uh... <clears throat> so in our in our book uh, in Luke chapter ten verse 30 it gives us these the report Jesus answered and said a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho it's interesting that that when they when he says you went down to Jericho from Jerusalem <laughs> it's like he's <it's> like down <laughs> and when you're going up to Jerusalem the spiritual Jerusalem it's like it's like going up the spiritual uh, application there but uh, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed and leaving him half dead. And boy, what a picture of our Savior as he's the one that comes and takes care of all the issues. And He says, and then he says, if he runs up any more bills, I'll take care of it. I take care of it all. <clears throat> so now that we've, we've kind of looked at the twofold purpose of the parable, and as we look at the parable itself and Jesus as was usual used a familiar physical object or circumstance to illustrate and teach a spiritual truth and uh, and, and he did that all the time he used the familiar things and then tried to deliver a spiritual application uh, based on what was uh, familiar or known and <clears throat> so, here we have a physical reality that they were all really familiar with, and some some things that w- we might want to remember and note is that, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> when the Romans conquered this part of Palestine, they, as they did in most places where they conquered, they, they put sub-rulers in there to kind of keep order and, and to communicate with the people because the people were a different culture and and it, they had different customs and, and the Romans they just were interested in having control of the land money from the people and peace and and to have it be part of their, their empire and this area was kind of important because they had a war going on to the east of there and the Parthians and and they weren't doing well in that, and, and the Parthians were kind of whomping on them, and, and, but they got a lot of revenue from that area, and it was important because that was how you got your stuff through that area to the the front, so it was kind of an important place, and, and so they had these sub-rulers, these under kings, to maintain order and keep the Peace among these diverse people that they conquered and to make sure that their revenue flowed to Rome to support their their armies and their mode of living and and this the first king placed by the Romans here was Herod the great Herod and he was just an evil man he would have been the one that that slew all the Babies and, and he was the one that would try to set up uh, uh, pagan worship in the temples and and he died a, ho- a horrible death <laughs> if you remember from your scripture and and <clears throat> uh, it, you know what was really interesting was Herod was an Idumean, which is the Greek rendering of Edom, Edomite. <laughs> And we know what the Lord thought of those Edomites, <clears throat> so the Romans set up this Edomite <clears throat> over this this area. He would have gone to Rome to be get the official approval of him being the king there and then he would have come came back and and he he established his palace there in Jericho in the what they call the municipal area of Jericho. He built a palace and and, and he had a son named Archelaus. He had several sons. Boy, those people, they were evil, mean people. They, they slew all their relatives that they didn't want to try and take over their their kingship. And, and it was just a terrible, terrible uh, rulers. And, and uh, when Herod died, he had a, a will that said here's how I want my kingdom divided up among my sons <clears throat> and Archelaus would have was the one that he wanted to have be in charge of this area of Judea that uh, we're we're looking at today in, in Jericho and Jerusalem and and, <clears throat> and also in Galilee uh, now <coughs> He he was the one that we mentioned had constructed some elaborate gardens in municipal Jericho, and he actually had started kind of being kingy before his time, <laughs> and uh, started doing a lot of things that people didn't agree with, and uh, the Jews uh, uh, took issue with, and and uh, since he hadn't officially been proclaimed king yet, and. And he was a poor ruler, and they hated him. And uh, there was a a uh, prior Passover, there were some Jews that were protesting his tyranny, and he had 3,000 of them killed. 3,000 just took the army and said, those guys are troublemaker. kill them all. And so then he had to go to Rome for his official establishment as king after his father passed and this period had gone by and and they hated him so bad they sent a delegation of Jews their ambassadors I think the word they used was to try and prevent Caesar from proclaiming him king over them. So the Jews went to Rome and they said, we will not have this man reign over us. He is evil and we hate him. And they, they were, ultimately they didn't succeed entirely, but they did convince Caesar that he wouldn't name him actual king. He, he says he bestowed on him the title of Ethnarch, which was the, the ruler over that province. The tetrarch being divided into four different areas. <clears throat> and he was ethnarch over his area that, that he was in charge of. And, and <clears throat> the ethnarch means ruler over a part. <clears throat> and so he, he returned from Rome, and he did rule for about nine years, but he was so awful and, and he just caused so much trouble that the Romans deposed him and banished him to Vienna, I think it was after nine years. And uh, he was replaced by Herod Antipas. And we know Herod Antipas from his dealings with uh, John the Baptist and Mary and his brother's wife, Herodias. And and uh, so we're, that all ties in. <clears throat> so, uh Herod uh, Antipas kind of got control of that land and plus he had Galilee and all that other section <clears throat> and you remember you you will recall back in in further on in the gospel that Pilate when he found out that Jesus was from Galilee there he says oh that's uh, Herod's send him over to Herod and have him deal with it was Herod Antipas that took over after Archelaus was banished and And so, uh, just to kind of by way of refresher, back in Matthew chapter two, verse nineteen, when Herod, Herod the Great, was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, "Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life." And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. So you see how this is all kind of coming together and and every step, every Molecule, every single thing is under the direct guide of God Almighty. It's under His direct counsel and will and determinate purpose. Everything is going according as He has determined it would go. Uh, And so we have established this link here by Him who works all things after the counsel of His own will, He who was and is always. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, and sets up the kings of this world according to his purpose and pleasure. Uh, Daniel, in Daniel 4, the Most High ruleth, the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth to whomever so he will for his purpose. And so we see these things come into play just according to his purpose. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod Antipas, the replacer of Archelaus, the son of Herod the Great, Herod Antipas and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Boy, the, the infinite grace in everything is just astounding. And the more we dig into it, the more we just find that He's working all things for good to them that love God, who are the called according to His purpose. And and as Jesus is going up this steep ascent into Jerusalem, all these things, all these places, He'd been at Jericho with Joshua centuries before, saved Rahab the harlot, who was in his the lineage of when he would be born <laughs> later on, all these things come together, these rulers, these people that conquered the much of the known world, who got to be king and why what they did, how he took them in and used them for a bit, and then got rid of them and put in somebody else to do his will and uh, all those things come come together and and <clears throat> So, in this parable, uh, he's using that parable that, that, like, Archelaus went to Rome to get established as a ruler and come back. And the people said, we'll not have this man to reign over us. That's just a picture of the world. That's just a picture of everybody's about Jesus. And he used that kind of example, not that he was anything like Archelaus. He was the exact, probably, divine opposite of an Archelaus-type character, but but they won't have him to reign over them. And in this parable, he has these different divisions of people that he's talking about. He has his good servants that do his will, and and he has the the other servants called a wicked servant. And then he has the citizens which hated him. So we have those, those three uh, divisions here that we're, we're going to be looking at. But uh, the similarities between, in with uh, uh, Archelaus, is just a, a part of that which had been determined from before the foundation of the world. The disciples thought Jesus was just about to ascend his throne and be, begin ruling. He'll, he's he's going to go into Jerusalem and, and he'll be the king. <clears throat> and the first order of business would be to get rid of those pesky Romans. And so it's kind of that pictured in that ascent up into Jerusalem from that, that pit that they were in down in Jericho. <clears throat> and in reality, the kingdom of God was with them. And he was, in truth, about to depart this world for a time, having finished the work the Father had given him to accomplish in the covenant of grace. The approach to Jerusalem is nearly in view, the 10 pounds, Luke 9, 13. And so this parable kind of continues for the instruction of the church, and it's similar in scope to to the parable of the sower. Uh, in a lot of ways, and uh, there's certain certain classes of people described here in this parable. Just like there were in the parable of the sower, we had the seed that fell on the good ground. We had the seed that fell on the thorny ground, the stony ground, the barren ground, and 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 we know we know that that parable really well, and and so here we have. S- just the same kind of issues, but in a in a different uh, setting really <clears throat> he came to he came to seek and save that which was lost that that scripture that says because he was nigh to Jerusalem, he was about to accomplish he was about to finish the work by going to the cross and and this certain nobleman that's in the parable certainly it just pictures uh the Lord God Almighty. And in, in the scriptures say, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. That was, a, it says, how he, who he was, how he came, and what his purpose was. All in that one sentence there. He had the ten servants. And uh, it says, and he only talks about a couple of them, because it's just a picture. It's just an allegory. It's just a representative and he doesn't say, well, servant number one did this, servant number two did that, servant number three. He just said, I had a, though He said there was ten servants, and he only talks about three of them really. So they're representative of what we find, and and in divided into two subsets, and and it's interesting that that he says the the good servants, some of them gained ten pounds. They took their pound. He had ten pounds, and he divided it among them, so they each got one. picture of the gospel. We all get the same gospel. We don't get this gospel for you and this gospel for you, or you get ten pounds of gospel and you get none. So they all got a, they all got the same thing, and that's what Paul said. You know, I gave you what I, what I received. How Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture and so these servants some some were had good success as we might term it <laughs> but it was all according to god's purpose and will and, and and that's hard for us as as humans to kind of wrap our minds around around that because sometimes we don't really get to measure uh, we we may never know in in this life uh, what the effect of the gospel has been that we've delivered to others. On sermon audio, we've our messages have gone out over half a million times. They've been listened to. Amen. Who can tell what that's gonna? It may bring no fruit. <laughs> it may bring some, but we don't know. And to the to the one that gained ten pounds, he said. Hallelujah, brother! Good job. And to the one that gained five pounds, he says, "Hallelujah, brother! Good job." But to the one that says, "Well, I took your gospel and I wrapped it up and hid it in a napkin so it wouldn't nothing happen to it," he says, "That wicked servant! You didn't you didn't do anything with it." What a picture of those Jews down there in Jerusalem, going about their business, doing their religious duty every day, and and doing the sacrifices and all the things they did. And he says, you know what? You don't go in yourself, and those that would go in, you hinder. You're just a wicked servant. And so we have those classes, and then we have the citizens who hated him. This the people of the world. They, just, they hated him, and we will not have this man to reign over us. So we're going to stop there and we'll pick this up uh, next time we get together probably be a couple weeks but uh, just kind of today was designed to be kind of an introductory to that thing and, and, but always keep in mind the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost and that's the important thing so occupy till I come is what he said so we'll stop there and thank you for your attention